What a beautiful prayer that is. Be thou my vision. Thank you, ladies, for leading us with that this morning. Thank you for being here. We're so glad that you've chosen to worship with this church family today. All of you who are here in the sanctuary and those who've joined by live stream and Facebook Live, uh, we're just glad you're here and we're just glad we're able to worship together. Thank you uh, for being here. And we just pray that you feel God's presence as we worship him today, his presence in, in spirit as we worship in spirit and in truth. Why don't you take a minute to stand and just greet those around you with a wave uh, to let them know that you're glad they're worshiping with you. And then we'll continue singing together. Guide me, O thou great Jehovah. Join us, we sing together. Blessed be the name of the Lord. You continue as we worship. Oh, oh, oh. 
be seated. What a powerful song and a reminder of God's faithfulness from the days of Elijah to today. I'm so grateful that you are here. We welcome you. For those of you worshiping in person, for those of you worshiping with us online, thank you so much for being a part of this worship service. We do pray that the Spirit of God would touch you in a life-changing way today and that we all might draw closer to Jesus Christ. You know, yesterday I heard a gospel song that talked about that, that if God is the God on the mountain, he's still the God in the valley. And if he's the God in the good times, he's still the God in the bad times. And if he's the God of day, he is still the God in the night. Do you all believe that today, that he is still in control? So we can't fail to praise him and to thank him just when things are going well. We need to continue to glorify him and thank him even when things are not going as well as we would like for them to go. But every week, there's an opportunity, if you feel led by the Spirit of God, to pray with us. Ordinarily, I'd invite you to come to this altar, but wherever you are can be your altar. You can stand, you can kneel, However the Spirit of God leads you, I invite you to join me as we lift up our prayers together. May we pray. God, thank you that we can come and sing, Blessed be the name of the Lord. And thank you, O oh God, for your faithfulness as you were faithful to Elijah on Mount Carmel when those prophets of Baal were defeated. Father, we know you're the same God that can defeat this virus. You're the same God that can bring about healing and bring about change and bring about salvation and hope and unity and love. Oh, God, thank you for who you are, for being an awesome, powerful, mighty God Lord, I just pray today that you would forgive me or forgive us of anything in our hearts and minds that would hinder our worship. Forgive us of any sin, O oh Lord, that would stand in the way of us hearing your voice. And, O oh God, we have come to worship our living, loving God. 
And Father, I pray for folks that are struggling today. Father, we pray for families that are grieving. Lord, I continue to lift up the McKeon family and, and the loss of Scooter. And, and Father, be with them and wrap your arms around them that they might feel your love. I especially pray for his children that you would strengthen them. Father, I just pray for Charlotte Hood who is struggling in the hospital and, and ask, oh God, for your healing hand to be upon her and be with Bob as I know he's concerned. Father, I pray for many others on our prayer list, some still getting over the, the virus, others, oh Father, that have been able to go back to work. We are grateful for your healing power and that you are faithful. Lord, I pray for a continued hedge of protection around this church, around our families. Father, that you would continue to bring, Father, a, a cure, Father, a vaccine. Lord, I just ask that you would continue to bless this church, a lighthouse on the hill, that we might always draw people to the saving grace of Jesus Christ. And Father, we are living in a time where we need healing, we need unity, we need peace, we need reconciliation. And Father, I, I pray for this upcoming election that your will would be done. And Father, we know that, that you have a plan and we pray, God, that, that whoever is in office, that we would pray for them. And Father, that we would just do our part in being faithful. And Lord, I just ask that you would continue to bring great revival and spiritual awakening and renewal. And Father, wake us up from our spiritual slumber. And may we realize the time of your return is closer than it has ever been. So help us to be prepared, to be ready. And Father, I just ask today that your Holy Spirit would continue to move through this service. Father, that you would anoint and bless those in this place and those worshiping wherever they might be. Lord, that we would tune out distractions and we would entune our hearts to yours. And Father, we just thank you so much that you are faithful. And morning by morning, new mercies we see. All we have ever needed, your hand hath provided. Great is your faithfulness unto all of us. And I pray now, God, that your Holy Spirit would continue to move through the musicians and instrumentalists, through your word, through your servant. Touch us, O oh God, change us. And Father, we'll forever thank you and praise you, for we love you and pray all these things in the strong name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. If you have your Bible with you, would you turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 5, and we're going to be... Uh, reading, beginning with verse 5, 
after the reading of God's word, our choir will be coming to lead us, a portion of our choir, and thank you all for being here today, and all of our musicians, and all those working in the sound booth, and ushers, and greeters, and cleaners. It's a team effort as we work together. Beginning with verse 5 of 1 Peter chapter 5, in the same way, you who are younger, submit yourselves to your elders. All of you clothe yourselves with humility toward one another, because God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him, because he cares for you. This is the word of the Lord, and blessed be the name of the Lord.
Amen. Thank you all so much. And I agree with that song. The hand of God is on this place and on our lives. And I pray that we would just trust in him for the things that we have no control over in our lives. God is still in control. But I always like to share a little funny to get us ready to, to hear more important things. A dad was putting his little girl to, to bed one night and after reading her a bedtime story, she looked up at her daddy and she said, Daddy, uh, do all fairy tales begin with once upon a time? And the dad looked down at his little girl and said, No, sweetheart, there are a series of uh, fairy tales that begin with, If elected, I promise to. thought that might be appropriate for this time. Over the last several months, I've asked a lot of people the question, how are you doing? And I've had a lot of responses. We're making it. We're doing the best we can. We're, we're getting by. We're, we're surviving. And then there's been some responses, and I've even shared this myself. We're taking it one day at a time. We're taking it one day at a time. What are we taking one day at a time? Well, we're taking this pandemic one day at a time. We're taking all of our other health issues one day at a time. We're taking our problems, our struggles, our addictions one day at a time. We're taking our relationships one day at a time. We're waiting for the Lord's return, taking it one day at a time. In our scripture passage today, Peter is writing a church that was facing a lot of challenges, a lot of heartache, a lot of peril. We talked about second out of Second Peter last Sunday, this week, First Peter. The reason they were enduring these heartaches and peril and pain is because these Christians were being scattered because of their faith in Jesus Christ. And as a result, Peter was writing them to encourage them, and he encouraged them by reminding them that their identity was in Jesus Christ. He was reminding them that they were just, just like we are, pilgrims passing through this world in which we are living. Because this isn't home. He reminds them that their citizenship, and when we know Christ, our citizenship is in heaven. And so it shouldn't surprise us that we're going to go through hardships and be harassed, but there are some things that cannot be taken away from us. Our faith cannot be taken away from us. God's true grace cannot be taken away from us. And the promise of eternal life cannot be taken away from the believer. And it's my prayer today that as Peter was speaking from his own experiences, I'm sure Peter was reminding himself when he denied his Lord and Savior Jesus, not once, not twice, but three times before the crucifixion. He understands what it means to be under the heat, or persecuted, or been made to choose who we're going to serve, and, and then how Jesus reinstated Peter, and then how 
Peter would die as a martyr for his Lord and Savior. And so Peter understands too well. And really, the message Peter gave these early Christians is still profound and pertinent for us today. And the way that we can make it one day at a time is by submitting to God in humility, by submitting to Him in humility. In verse 5 of 1 Peter chapter 5, he addresses, he says, Therefore, as, as the younger ones, submit yourselves to your elders. And then all of you, he said, clothe yourselves with humility, because God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. And when he's talking about submission, he's saying all of God's people should be submissive, that we should live submissive lives. And if you were to read back in previous chapters in 1 Peter, he talks a lot about the different people and different organizations we are to submit to, that we are to submit to those in charge, to submit to our spouses, to submit to, to those who are over us. We are to submit. That's part of our responsibility. It's one of the marks of an authentic Christian is when we submit. And to take it a step further, we as Christians, if we say we are followers of Jesus Christ, we cannot do it unless we fully submit to his lordship in our lives. We can say, I follow Christ, but if you're still living part of the time like the world, talking like the world, acting like the world, treating people like the world, then I don't know if you have ever really truly submitted to him because we are to submit. And when we say submit, that, that means to, uh, to be subject to, uh, to submit uh, therefore unto him. And when we think about submitting to God, we also think about obedience as a part of submission. Accountability is a part of submission. Respect is a part of submission. And that's what we are called to do, is to show respect. When he said the younger ones, it could be talking about people young in age, it could be talking about young in the faith, but he said those of you who are younger should respect the elders. He's referring to the leaders of the church. You should show respect to the elders and not be uh, gossiping or grumbling or be divisive. He's saying that you should show respect to one another. All of you clothe yourselves with humility toward one another. And then he quotes Proverbs 3.34, which says, but God opposes the proud, but gives grace or shows favor to the humble. And that's what we're called to do. In James chapter 4, verse 7, James wrote, Submit yourselves then to God. It says, Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw near or come near to God and he will come near to you. And I, I love what uh, pastor, author David Jeremiah said, Even amid suffering, that humble submission is the key to living a Christian life. 
Humble submission is the key to living a Christian life. And who better modeled for us true humility than Jesus Christ himself? We've talked about it a lot, but in John chapter 13, before going to the cross, Jesus got down on his knees and he wrapped a towel around his waist and took a, a basin of water and he washed his disciples' feet. He said, now, you should go and do the same thing. He was trying to teach them humility through serving others and loving others. A new command I give you, you should love one another as I've loved you. And that's what we're called to do. But then Paul wrote in Philippians chapter 2, verse 8, and taking the very appearance of a man, referring to Jesus, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even death on the cross. Jesus showed submission to his heavenly Father by going to the cross to die for you and for me. And that's exactly the kind of submission and humility we are to have, to submit to God in humility, to pledge our love to him that no matter what, we're going to keep following you. We've surrendered it all. We're giving it all completely to you. Do you have that kind of humble submission? Are you submitting in humility? Now, I've shared this in recent times with you all, and forgive me, this is one of those stories that my wife would probably, probably, if she would have known I was going to share it, would say, Todd, you've shared that a hundred times. Don't share it, but it just feels appropriate for this time. I've shared with you not too long ago that when I was back in high school, my brother and some friends and I would want to go into the gym and shoot ball after hours. And I had become friends with one of the custodians, and I always spoke to him in the hallway, and, and we would speak, and he was very kind, and, and he would ask if we wanted to come shoot ball. And so he would put a piece of wood in the back door of the gymnasium at Franklin County High School, and this was our version of Midnight Madness. We would go over there at 11 o'clock or 12 o'clock at night just to get the shoot ball. For, he'd only turn on, turn on one row of lights. We could barely see the, the goal to shoot. And then as we were playing some two-on-two, -two, he would begin to take the mats out and take them up to what used to be a stage. Now there's concrete blocks, I think, in a classroom. There, there was a stage, and he would carry those mats up on the stage, and he would stretch, and he'd say, you boys about ready. In order for us to get to play, we had to wrestle the custodian to get to shoot ball. He goes, you, well, he outweighed us by quite a bit. He wrestled in a six-state change circuit, he wore a mask from parts unknown. Uh, he didn't wear a mask when we were wrestling, but he would get us out there, and in order for us to get to shoot ball, we had to wrestle him. And I want to tell you, he was strong, and, and he was experienced, and he knew all the, the holds and the moves, and I can't tell you how many times we'd have to tap out because he would pin us to the mat, and and I was sharing with some people after the first, I never laughed so hard the time when, when a buddy of mine, they were just both, he was the first one out there, they were just circling each other. And, and my friend John, he, he slapped, he slapped 
my friend, the, the custodian was John, slapped my friend, and my friend's natural reaction was left-handed. He slapped him back. Open hand slapped his back. I said, oh, my goodness. He grabbed my buddy, went down on his back, threw him off his foot, and he landed halfway off the stage. I was crying, laughing my head off until he pulled me on the mat. And started working on me. I give, I give. I would smell like sweat and old spice cologne for several days after wrestling with him. But the fact is, we submitted to someone who was stronger, more knowledgeable, and, and knew better than us how to wrestle. When we are Trying to live for God, there are going to be times where we try to wrestle him. I think about Jacob coming away with the limp after he tried to wrestle God. We're never going to be successful until we humbly submit fully to him. Because God is stronger, he's greater, and he knows better what's good for you and good for me. So today I pray that we would each day... Uh, Humbly submit to him. Submit to him humbly or in humility. But then the second part, he helps us to stand. He helps us to stand. In verse 6 it says, Therefore, humble yourselves under his mighty hand that he may lift you up in due time or due season. Humble yourselves under his mighty hand. James says something very similar in James 4.10. Humble yourself before the Lord in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. So what does that mean? Well, we get knocked down in life. We're going to have challenges. We're going to have problems. But through God's grace, he helps lift us up. And how do we do that? Philippians 4.13, I can do everything, all things. That's the power of the Holy Spirit that will lift us up. That's what Peter was trying to remind these Christians who were being persecuted. If you would read on in verses uh, 8 and 9 of 1 Peter chapter 5, it says, Therefore be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that the family of believers are undergoing the same kind of suffering as you are. So we're not alone in our suffering. There are people all over the world who are going through suffering just like you and, and just like me. And know that we must depend upon the Lord to, to lift us up or to, to pull us up when we do not have the strength to stand up on our own. Are you on the mat today? Are you trying to get up or have you just said, forget it. I'd rather just stay down. Life is easier just lying here and not having to get out and try to fight this and argue with this person, do this or do that. I think the message is that we can stand with God's help. But we do have to, to call out to him. This past week, I was delighted as a dad to hear my daughter come back and make a report of a conversation 
she heard in the classroom. One of the teammates of my son Isaiah was uh, talking to his teacher, my daughter Sophie's teacher. She was sitting a little distance away, and the teacher was having a conversation with this young man off the basketball team, and uh, the teacher was asking about different players on the team. And then he got to my son Isaiah, and, uh, and he asked about little Les. He said, how's little Les doing? And, uh, and he was telling him how he was doing, and, and he said, I'm telling you, Isaiah is a defensive uh, expert. I mean, he can really defend. I mean, and this was Sophie listening from a distance, and he said, I mean, when he gets knocked down, he just pops right back up and gets right back into him. And I thought, you know what? I'm proud. I'm not there to watch, but I'm proud when my son gets knocked down that he jumps right back up and gets back into the game. Is that not what we're called to do as followers of Christ? When we get knocked down, we jump right back up and we get in the enemy's face and say, you're not going to defeat me. You will not defeat me. You will not have any reign in our home, in our family, in our health. God is greater and he'll help you and me to stand. But you have to trust in him and allow him to be the one to pick you and me up. Bible commentator, pastor Paul Cedar says that this is a mark of an authentic, mature Christian when we learn to depend increasingly more on Christ. And he said the more we depend on Christ, the more mature and the more freedom we have in Christ when we increasingly depend more on him. So we've got to throw our independence out and become dependent on the power of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and his Holy Spirit. But then verse 7, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. And we're going to say that this day-by-day -day process is sharing with him, sharing with him. To cast means to throw upon. And when we are casting, we are throwing our anxiety or our cares or our worries or our fears or our addictions or our guilt, our past, our sin, our struggles. We're throwing them on, we're casting them on the Lord. And guess what? He desires for us to do that. He wants us to. If you would look back in Isaiah chapter 53, verse 4, Isaiah was prophesying about Jesus doing that for you and me. He took up our pain and he bore our suffering. Jesus gave the invitation in Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28. Come to me. All you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. So we know he invites us to come. And so many times we don't accept his invitation. Why would we not cast our cares, cast our anxiety? This is a simple but profound formula to help us overcome our worry and anxiety. When we cast it, that means we give it up to him in prayer. And that's exactly what Paul was saying in 
Philippians 4, 6, and 7 that we quote all the time. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, you present your request to God and the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Isn't that a beautiful promise? When we cast our cares, all of our anxiety upon the Lord, he'll give us a peace to guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Would you be willing to do that today? Would you be willing to cast all your cares, all your anxiety? You quit trying to handle it yourself. When we try to handle it ourselves, it bogs us down, weighs us down, and ultimately will defeat us if we try to carry this load on our own. But if we cast it, throw it upon the Lord, man, he gives us that supernatural strength. We can do all things through Christ who gives us strength. I want to close by sharing a story. There was a lady that um, had been a successful songwriter and, and uh, music publisher, but uh, things were going bad in her life. She found herself driving into a church parking lot going to ask a minister if he could help her. We've had people to do that. People will come by, maybe not even be a member of the church, and they ask if we can speak to them or try to help them. And so this lady went into the pastor's office. She had gotten out of, and this shows you, this was in the early 70s, she was driving a brand new El Dorado. Do you remember El Dorado's? She was in a brand new El Dorado, and she had on a mink coat. <laughs> and when she went in, she began to pour out her heart. She never would admit her own alcoholism, but she knew that her husband hit the bottle too much and that he was having an affair. Her mother had recently died of a stroke. Her business partner and longtime friend had recently passed away. Another friend that took care of her boat that she owned had passed away. Her marriage was on the rocks. Her life was in shambles, and she was reaching out to see if this minister or if God could possibly help her. And this minister was not real experienced at counseling people. I said at the early service, we as ministers have to wear a lot of hats. Is that just up preaching on Sunday? We might have to be an emergency room doctor or a crisis counselor, or, or we might have to get somebody's cat out of a tree, but we have to do many different things. But the fact is, this minister with not a lot of experience just shared with her what he felt the Lord leading him to say. He said, I recommend that you thank God for all your problems. Just thank God. Just thank God for everything you're going through. And, and I can imagine possibly that he was thinking about 1 Thessalonians 5, 18 that says, and to give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Well, she left his office and she got back in her El Dorado and she was driving home. And she started doing what he had just told her to do. And her tears that were streaming down her face turned into laughter. 
And she started feeling better as she was just giving them over to God, casting them on him and just thanking him. And wouldn't you know, when she got home, she went over to her piano and she began to, to pick out a tune and, and began to sing the words of a song. This lady was Mary John Wilkin. And in 1974, there was a lady by the name of Marilyn Sellers that recorded that song that she picked out on the piano. And it went up to number 19 on the Billboard country charts and then would go up to 37 on the pop charts. And in 1975, it became a Dove Award Song of the Year uh, and received an award with gospel music. And then in 1980, Christy Lane recorded it, and it went up to number one on the Billboard country charts. It's been recorded by over 200 people, and Mary John Wilkins said, really? This song was a cry for help when I, record, when I wrote it. It was just a cry for help. Last night, I listened to Linda Randall, who is a Southern Gospel recording artist that sang this song. And I have to tell you, when I listened closely to the words, I was moved to tears. And God spoke to me through this song, and I hope he speaks to you as well.
Jesus, you know, if you're looking below, that it's worse now than then. Oh, there's pushing and shoving. together. Oh God, thank you that when we place our trust in you, you can show us the way and help us each day, one day at a time. And Lord, maybe there's some folks in this building or some folks watching today that have never given their hearts and lives fully surrendered to you. Father, we know on this side of eternity, we're going to have hardship, we're going to have difficulty, we're going to have challenges, we're going to have heartache, we're going to have pain. But may we be reminded that we are just pilgrims passing through. We're not home yet. And Father, with your help and with your strength and through your grace, we can make it through each day and help others along the way. And Father, I just ask that um, some folks might be able to pray a a simple prayer to begin their lifelong journey of living for you. Maybe they could pray, Dear God, I confess that I'm a sinner. Lord Jesus, please forgive me of all my sins. I invite you to come into my heart. Thank you, God, for saving me. Lord, maybe someone prayed a prayer or, or one in their own words like that, and they're going to begin their eternal journey today. Lord, maybe there are Christians that have been knocked down and they've stayed down on the mat. Life has hit them with a mighty blow of financial problems, divorce, addiction, health issues, trouble at work. Oh, God, with your help, may they stand today. And Lord, through this pandemic, we've all been humbled and Father, you have a way of using these circumstances to get our attention. And I pray, Lord, that you would become more of a priority and some Christians would get back on track today. They'd repent from their old ways, the world's ways, and begin to walk with you. Or Father, maybe there's some folks that would like to join this church family. 
Father, we are blessed that we have stood the test of time since 1788. We've weathered attacks and storms and fires and divisions and many different challenges. But Father, we still stand. And Lord, if some folks have left this fellowship, I pray, God, your blessings upon them and that you would draw others to come into this place because, Father, we're trying our best to serve you and to point people to the hope we have in Christ. Lord, I just pray now as we prepare our hearts for this time of commitment that we would be reminded of your amazing grace and that there's nothing we've done that you will not forgive us of and, and give us a fresh start and a new beginning. You say that your grace is sufficient and your powers made perfect in weakness. So give us the courage to do what you would have us to do, even now, in the strong name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. I'm going to invite you to stand if you're in this place, and we're going to sing a hymn of invitation. These front rows are open. If you would like to come and make a decision, I'll pray with you. If you're watching at home, contact us here at the church, and we'd be happy to talk with you about your decision. Won't you come as we sing?
and thank you so much for worshiping with us today, both here and online. I hope and pray that God has encouraged you through his word and through his spirit, and that we would all be challenged uh, to live lives that are more dependent upon the Lord, bringing glory and honor to him. And, you know, something I left out when it says, in due time, he will lift you up. It's in his perfect timing when he lifts us. So it's not in our time. It's a time that's conducive for his glory and for our welfare that he will lift us up. So you hang in there, and God will do it in his time, and his timing is perfect. Thank you for coming. I want to remind you of a couple things before you leave. You should be receiving, if you're on our church email list, discussion questions that will help you and your family. This is in place of our evening worship. If you want to do it with your family, your spouse, with your children, with a friend, discuss this sermon more and how God speaks to you. Don't forget Wednesday night at 6 is our prayer meeting. Uh, this is still on a trial basis. We haven't had great participation on Wednesday. If we don't have more, we'll probably go back to virtual on Wednesday nights. We're going to give it uh, one or two more Wednesdays. And then don't forget, on Saturday is our uh, trunkless treasures. And we appreciate all the candy y'all been bringing in. We will even take it up till first thing in the morning. Uh, if you want to drop off, many of you have brought candy today. But we're going to, from 5 to 7, allow folks to drive under the portico and have a, a bag of candy and some other information about how they can come to know Christ and about this church. And then don't forget, if you want to support Operation Christmas Child, go to our church website. There is a link so your box can go toward our number of boxes to help children enjoy Christmas all over the world. We'd love for you. And if you can't put together a box online for $25, you can support a child having Christmas. So thank you again for being here. For everyone, all of our safety risk management team, volunteers, cleaning, greetings, uh, setting people, and musicians, people in this. Thank you all for everything you've done. Don't forget how much God loves you, and we love you too, as we sing a closing song.